The autumn wind is a pirate. Welcome, Raider Nation, from to the Raider Nation podcast. We have sweet victory. Two games in a row. Welcome to the Raider Nation podcast. I'm your host, Raider Craig, and this is show number 108. And we are pumped here in the Bay Area. Of course, all the Raider fans are. And the Niner fans are sad and blue. Getting punked. 41 to 9. Thank you so much, whoever did that. Well, we know who did that. And we know that, of course, the Bay Area media is going on about how what happened to the 49ers. They were going in the right direction and blah, blah, blah. And all the time, the haters in the Bay Area dogging the Raiders still after a second victory in a row. Yes, we still are the worst team in football. Before I get a little bit too much into the show, let's dive in, shall we? Yeah. Yeah. Oaktown. Do you know about my city? Oaktown. The city of Oak. Oak, don't you know? Oaktown. Do you know about my city? Oaktown. The city of Oak. Today's show is the, of course, post-game for the Pittsburgh Steelers game. What a game. We're going to talk a little bit about Doug Gabriel. Remember him? Well, I'll remind you of him. Tom Walsh, we have a little segment just on that guy. And a little thing for ESPN haters. You know, ESPN haters equal, yes, the ESPN haters of the Raiders. And we'll go, of course, to a, our comments section as well. Let me remind the Raider Nation podcast listeners to check out the video cast. Raider Nation video cast. It is awesome. Randy does a great job. We try to bring you the tailgate experience right there from the parking lot. So wherever you may be in Nebraska or New England, you're going to see the video of the tailgate happening right there at your Oakland Coliseum because all of you who are misplaced Raider fans that are stuck out there in the boonies will be able to see your team, what's happening in the parking lot, the fans, the insanity, the madness, and hopefully it will drive you to be inspired enough to get all the way to Oakland and see a home game for our Oakland Raiders. Okay, let's see. Now, I want to thank, of course, John and Joanne, Miriam, of Springfield, Massachusetts, the ticket winners for the Steelers game. They were great folks. They are great folks. We had a really good time at the tailgate. It was awesome. We had Randy. Raider Rick didn't make it this game, uh, but he was there in spirit, of course. We had uh, J&J showed up there at the tailgate. We had a great time. My wife, of course, we brought along a Steelers friend. I don't know if she's really a friend, but we brought her along anyways. And it was good banter all the way home. Worked her over. She was in tears. No, I'm just kidding. But I'd like to have been. No, I wouldn't. (laughs) It was great. Let me just say first about this little tidbit on Doug Gabriel. Now, you know, I flipped out about the Doug Gabriel trade. There was a lot of bantering back and forth about, oh, my gosh, he was terrible. Oh, it's not so bad. Or he needed to go. Or we weren't going to use him anyway because he had such a depth at wide receiver, which I don't see at this point. I think our wide receivers blow. I think we have more drop balls since Doug Gabriel left than I can count, or I fear to count anyways. The worst 
debacle for many, many years, I think, right here was this Doug Gabriel trade. It will come back and haunt us for years to come. Uh, Archell, if you had anything to do with this, all I got to say is bad-ass move, very bad move. Uh, Doug Gabriel, by the way, on Monday Night Football, five receptions for 83 yards, average 16 yards each touch. Uh, yeah, he was a Raider, and now he is a Patriot rat. And it just goes to show you, I was very, very upset with the Gabriel trade. Uh, Sean was of the Raider take. There were a lot of Raider fans who were pissed off about it. But this is like poor salt on the wound every time these guys play. It kills me to watch this happen. Good for Dougie. I'm glad you're doing it, man. One thing Tom Brady did say is that he, he wanted to give Dougie a touchdown. Throw up on my shoes. Anyways, let's get to the game. All right, Oakland Raiders versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. And like I said on my podcast, we were supposed to lose every statistic, every pontificating pontificator out there in sports media was sure that the Oakland Raiders would take a dive on this game. Our defense was great against the Cardinals, but when they go against the Steelers, of course, they will go down. Well, here's my post-game take. Now, I'm going to start with the offense because that's where, obviously, we have trouble. So our offense was offensive. Without a doubt, I was so embarrassed, and I felt so bad for the defense to put up all the heart for this game that was blatantly obvious on the field. The defense came out, chins held high, ready to play football. They did not let the offense get them down. I don't even think they looked at an offensive player when they were changing places on the field. Andrew Walter, yes, the future of the Raiders. Today it doesn't look like that. I was solely disappointed in his choices, bad choices, and poor throws in this game. Uh, everybody's got to have a bad day. This was his bad day. Terrible, got stuck in the pocket, never took out of the pocket. Uh, the Steelers did a good job of keeping him in the pocket. Um, and the thing that hurt us the most was the bad play calling by Tom, mayor of Brokeback, Idaho, flapjack flipping geek, Walsh. Now, I know he has his own private Idaho because he must be living in his own private Idaho because he is absolutely clueless when it comes to play calling. How do you like this? Walter threw 5 for 14 for 51 yards and one interception. Let me say that again. 5 for 14. Were we going to plan on running the ball the entire game? Did Walsh have any idea of what he was calling in the second half? Evidently not. If it wasn't for Justin Fargus, we would have lost this game, even though it was a pathetic showing of only 98 yards, but every single yard counted in this victory. We had so many drop balls by Moss and Porter, I stopped counting. It was absolutely ridiculous, especially when you're paying someone $3.8 million a year, Randy Moss, to catch a ball in his hands and it falls out. This shows me that this guy has no passion. 
I bet you the guy who comes in first year is going to catch those balls, every single freaking one of them. We had way too many third and longs. I couldn't even count. I stopped counting. The offense was off the field like a revolving door. The defense was on the field, but they hung big, big time. Shell, when questioned after the game, were you happy with the plays that were called by Tom Walsh? Yes, I am very happy with his play calling. Well, I say that's horse shit. How can he be happy with the play calling when the players aren't happy with the play calling? I'm sure the other coaches aren't happy with the play calling. I know I'm not happy with the frickin' play calling, and I know that the rest of the Raider Nation is frickin' flipped out about this guy's play calling. Well, I'll tell you right now, somebody needs to get his head. There should be a petition. I know there's already a website. Just fire TomWalsh.com. Check it out. I'm sure it's out there by now. Incredibly inept offensive calling and scheme for this game. It was an embarrassment to the Raiders to have such a poor offensive scheme devised to to combat the doggone last year's Super Bowl champions. If not for the guts and the mere intensity of our defense, we would have a a lost right now a big L tattooed across their foreheads and the media would continue to pummel us into the ground. I am so flipped out about this flapjack flipping geek. I can't even see straight. Tom Walsh, the scarecrow without a brain, has got to go. Oh, I'm a failure because I haven't got a brain. Well, what would you do with a brain if you had one? Do? Why, if I had a brain, I could... Our offensive line was blatantly holy. And I don't mean holier than now. I mean holier than anybody else because anybody who wanted to come in had a free reign. The 3-4 defense, once again, just worked us over. I don't think there was a place in the line that didn't see penetration this game, and it was just so hard to watch. Our penalties weren't that bad, thank goodness, or we would have lost the game. I will tell you, this was a straw, like on the camel's back, from us losing this game. It was so close to a loss. Um, and, and the whole game, of course, this is another one of those games where you're hanging by your fingernails until blood blows out of the ends of them because you're just hanging there on three fingernails waiting for the last seconds to run out, and the defense hung tight. The defense played an insane, in aggressive, insane game. And I'll go over them in just a second, but I want to talk about one play in particular besides all the other buffoonery that we saw on the offense during the, during the game. Chad Slaughter as wide receiver. Yes, that's true. We had Moss. We had Porter. We had Curry. But on second and goal with only 18 seconds left in the game, on the one-yard line, of course, they put in Chad Slaughter, and they passed the ball to this lineman with, of course, a obvious no touchdown because it was a stupid play called by our scarecrow, Tom, I wish I was in the Wizard of Oz, Walsh. I would dance and be merry, life would be a ding a dairy if I only had a brain. Thanks, Tom. Hey, you know what? Find yourself a brain and then get some heart and perhaps you and the flying monkeys can fly off 
back to Brokeback Mountain, Idaho, and uh, be the mayor of some meaningless community out there. I'm so flipped out about this guy. Obviously, you can hear it in my voice. But let's get into the positive side of this game because the defense rocked and it rolled those terrible towels up and they spanked their ass with those towels. And I'll tell you, there's a lot of Steeler fans this game. There's a lot of terrible towels that were waving around. Not in our section because we're. I'm telling you, there's a bunch of us there saying, sit down. Just sit down. Put that towel down. And the other thing we were saying after the game was, hey, you're going to wipe your uh, tears with those towels? Oh, yeah, terrible towels. It's terrible to have one right now, huh? It's terrible to be wearing that gold. It was brutal. It was beautiful. It was an excellent win. And if you could have been in that Coliseum, the intensity of the fans, when their offense came up to the line, you couldn't hear yourself think. The 12th man was on it. The Raider Nation brought the sound. They brought the noise. They brought the attitude. They brought it all. I will tell you right now, in that Coliseum, it was insanity. And I kid you not, this is the best it's been. I, I can't even remember since, the, since we went to the Super Bowl. As far as crowds go, it's better than that season because we didn't even sell out all those games. The Raider Nation is coming in huge for this team, and the defense is standing up for the call. Now forget the 360 total yards that the Pittsburgh Steelers laid onto the Oakland Raiders. Just forget that, because however they got that, which was here, there, and everywhere, there were four, and count them, four interceptions, two of them, which turned into touchdowns, one by Niamde Asuwa, and the other by Chris, the man with wheels, Carr, and he's the man, 100 yards, run back for a touchdown, thank you, no penalties, no holding, no nothing, 14 points by the Raiders defense was more than enough to seal the victory against the Steelers, and lest you say it was only the Steelers who have been having trouble Lest you say that they're a team on the edge, one foot in the grave. Lest you say that the Steelers are not a opponent that has the punch they had last season. Let me remind everyone on this show that the Steelers rolled up an amazing 83 total points in the last two games they played. To come away with 13 right here in the Coliseum at home against the Raiders which brought it down. The defense was not only awesome, the two touchdowns say a great deal about this defense, but you didn't see the tenacity of every single play. Every down, first, second, third, and fourth, the defense was on it. They shut down the run. They shut down the run huge. I'll tell you, every DB and safety on this team played their ass off. And it was blatantly obvious in the result. Because the Steelers were going three and out faster than we can go three and out. There was more time changing with people going on and off the field than I've ever seen in any football game. As this would be a record for the Oakland Raiders with 98 total offensive yards coming away with the victory. Now, I just want to say that Roethlisberger did taste Oakland at least twice. Thank you. To Derek Burgess, the sack master. Warren Sapp. 
got in. The whole defense played like a fine-oiled machine. It rolled down the field with thunder. With the 12th man right there at their heels, the defense rose up and punked the defending Super Bowl champions on every level. There was no Troy Palomalu. There was no Joey Porter. Although they came up and did a couple of dances on their whatever play on whatever down, because I forget because they lost the game. They try to have some attitude. They try to have some high stepping going on. But were shut down by the Oakland defense that was run by Rob Ryan, the madman on the field. He is a tenacious, wild bear on the field. He is a raider. My choice for next head coach, Art Shell, move over. Rob, Mob, Ryan for president. Rob Ryan rolled this team up and spit them out. Two games in a row. Defense clicking on all eight. We're working. We move on to Seattle. Great game all. Leaving the parking lot. Insane. No one had a voice. The entire doggone Raider Nation was hoarse. And in your last gasp of voice, you'd have to say, you were saying things like, where's your team at now? Or, where's that towel at now? (laughs) I love it. I love it so. Raider Nation, incredible, incredible. And let me say, as predicted by the Raider Nation podcast and many others, Sean from the Raider Take, Silver and Black Forever, um, Calico Jack, and everyone else that's listened to any ESPN take on the Oakland Raiders, the hatred continued to pour out as we were victorious in yet another game that the experts, quote-unquote, were fully full of crap on. You love to see them. But they'll never tell you they're sorry. They'll never say they made a mistake. They'll always pop back to some unbelievable thing that we did that was terrible several games ago. But they will not stick with the facts of the victory of the moment. I've been pissing and moaning about these guys forever. This last chick, Mary Bucklight. I want to say Bucklight because she made an explanation, of course, to Sean of the Raider take and sent him a personal email, which I thought was very gracious, saying that her article about the Raider fans and the Raider organization and the Raider team and the Raider history was just tongue-in-cheek. A, like, cutesy kind of feminine way to kind of brush over any rough edges that might have come across in her story, which is jagged like a piece of broken frickin' glass. Well, Mary, let me tell you, it was very tongue-in-cheek, It was your tongue in my butt cheek. That's what it was. Okay, let's move on to ESPN because that's what she needed to hear from Raider Craig at the Raider Nation Podcast. Okay, now, according to ESPN, and I love to say that because it really diminishes in value the more I read it. It's like reading some subculture article because it's certainly not talking the truth, especially in sports. Having such power, it's such a joke to see these guys rattle off a bunch of crap about our team 
they should really go pick on the lions. Or maybe they're just tired of doing that. I need to find some other victim on the plane that might be injured, an injured beast that they could take down. Well, you know what? This injured beast ain't going down. So try as you will. The Raider Nation will not go down, ESPN. So here they come. On Sunday, the Pittsburgh Steelers lost, not because they played Oakland, but because Ben Roethlisberger played. That's the excuse the ESPN is using. They say that they shouldn't have played Ben Roethlisberger because it was a bad idea with his concussion. They should have played the other guy. Well, that's why they lost. I say, horse shit. If they thought they had a better chance with the other guy, they would have played the other guy. Absolutely. Here's another quote. As putrid as the Oakland Raiders were to start the season, they were now at least as good or as bad as the Super Bowl champs. That's not that the Oakland Raiders defense was stellar and made a record for the Oakland Raiders defenses of all history. No, it was about how bad that Oakland played before and how bad that Pittsburgh played today. Un-freaking-believable. Now, here we go. ESPN's analyst Joe Theismann, Sean Salisbury, Merrill Hodge, Ron Jowarski, the jaw-slack geek. I can't stand that guy. Eric Allen, Chris Mortensen, and Mike Golick, which I can't stand. I hate Mike Golick. I hope he has gout forever. They all picked Pittsburgh to win. All these guys I cannot stand talking about my team, and I'm sure you can't stand either. They picked, of course, Pittsburgh Steelers to win. Of course, they came just after week seven of eight with the same analysis and chose Arizona to win against the meaningless, worst in the NFL, last team in football, Oakland Raiders. Meanwhile, the Raiders took it to the Arizona Cardinals, as was seen, and their defense was stellar. Not giving the defense any credit last week probably helped us out a great deal. Following the Oakland Raiders' Week 7 win over Arizona, a lot of people probably don't realize it, but the Raiders actually are playing decent defense, ranked 5th in the NFL. That didn't come to the forefront. No one brought that to the beginning, and no one brought that to the table on any one of these big, big media guys when they start popping off against our Oakland Raiders. Never a positive note. Always bullshit from ESPN. So the network's fantasy writer, Eric Carabell, three days before Sunday's game wrote, no matter what, the Steelers' QB should be Ben Roethlisberger. He should play because he'll do well. Yes, he did well. He did well with 301 yards of passing in this game. But didn't win the game, did he? I love it. After the game, Chris Berman, Tom Jackson, host of the NFL Blitz, painstakingly investigated every possible explanation as why the young quarterback Ben Roethlisberger struggle so bad, finding any way to avoid the word Raiders in any of his comments. Everything was about how Roethlisberger should fall from a pinnacle of greatness, how the Pittsburgh Steelers had the problems with this and that, and they could put up so many yards and not win the game. Not one word about how the Oakland Raiders defense put them to shame in our house. 
blatantly obvious ESPN are a bunch of spineless SOBs that are just weak and afraid to come to Oaktown, to the Raider Nation, to the Black Hole. They should apologize to us as a team, as a fan base, and and step up and make because I'll tell you what right now, as soon as the Oakland Raiders turn this thing around, all these idiots are going to come out of the woodwork saying how great the, the Oakland Raiders are, but they'll always have something negative. The Oakland Raiders are coming up, but they probably won't make the next game. That's how it's always been. That's how it was in 2002. I so hate these guys. I so hate all these guys. I cannot tell you. Chris Berman, Tom Jackson. Tom Jackson I thought was cool. Unbelievable. Totally makes me lose hope in mainstream sports media. I mean, even, come on. Chris Berman even went on the conversation saying that the Steelers would need to win eight in a row to make make it to the playoffs. Not that the Raiders could make it eight in a row. And then, they, of course, ESPN had Paris Hilton at the beginning of Monday Night Football. Boy, there's some class, huh? As she shouts out to the nation, I don't know what Walmart is. What's Walmart? Yeah, that's something for the working class. Thank you, ESPN. Class act, class-less act, and that's all I have to say about that. It freaked me out. Let's go here to the comments section because i got to make it happen. guys are funny. You guys are funny. And let me thank the Raider Nation for making the Raider Nation podcast in the featured section of iTunes because you guys are coming and listen to us guys. That's very cool. Thank you so much. It's a, it makes it makes it worthwhile to do stuff when you see things like that happen. It means that people are paying attention and listening, looking to your show. I appreciate it very much. Randy appreciates it very much. We're way up there in the rankings. Just keep on, man. Keep coming back for more. Uh, keep telling your friends and neighbors about the Raider Nation podcast. Those that are Raider fans, that is, yes, get them all. Get them while they're young. Get them while they're old. Have them come to the Raider Nation podcast because, well, I think it's important to get the right idea down here. They also should go to the Raider Take, go to the Black Flag Network, of course. Um, there's many places to go, but you got to deal with it. Now, I want to get to this. This is a posting, of course, uh, Raider Nation podcast comment section. You guys come in big time right after the game. And uh, there's so many here. I'm going to try to read some of these, but I can't read all of them. I wish I could. I used to be able to because there weren't that many, but now there's getting to be a lot of them. So I'm going to do my best, man. So please bear with me. Mayak from Raider Friend from across the pond. Yes. Now what he says in his comment is, Tom Walsh is a genius. He says, well, Raider Greg, it's time to eat your words. Tom Walsh coached a fantastic game tonight. It was sublime how he lured Pittsburgh into a false sense of security with only calling plays to the receivers during the first three quarters of play. Incredible how we used a committee approach to the running game time and time again, regardless of the down or yardage required. Just spectacular how he goaded the defense with continuous third and long sack opportunities. 
But just when you thought the offense play calling was anemic and pedestrian, he does something that no one could have expected. He calls out our scoring plays from positions traditionally occupied by the defense and special teams. Outstanding. That's the Chad Slaughter play I told you guys about. Not only was his play calling genius, but he helped set a new Raider team record in the fewest offensive yards gained in any winning game. Truly a day to remember. Tom Walsh gets my vote for mayor any day. He's being very sarcastic because these are all the things that this bonehead Tom the Scarecrow Walsh. Yes, I'm calling him the Scarecrow because he doesn't have a brain. And my head, I'd be scratching while my thoughts were busy hatching if I only had a brain. Hit the road and get off. Of course, he's full of sarcasm, he says, but that was funny, Mayak. That was very funny. And he'll take a win, and a win is a win, man. And the defense came in big. He wanted to say that, and I'm saying it for him. The Boogie Monster comes in. It feels good. I can't believe we won again. It's two in a row. I'm pumped. I didn't have this game marked down as one of my six games I thought we would win this season, but I will take it. Art, please hear me and listen good. If you want to save your job, please, not tomorrow, but right now, fire Tom Walsh. So he goes on to, the Boogie Monster goes on to two to say exactly what we just said and how poor the offense was, and I'll have to say that that's pretty doggone true. Now, Mayak comes in again. He says he slept with a devil. Now, you guys have to, and I mean you have to. If you listen to this podcast, you better click on RaiderNationPodcast.com, check out my comment section, and read this right here. I slept with the devil. When I read this post, I laughed my ass off. It is so funny. I'm not going to read it, but I'm telling you, you better get in here and read it because it is funny. And Mayak, you are a funny SOB. You have me dying with tears were coming out of my eyes. He talks about sleeping with Mary Buckite. It's just funny. You got to see it. I can't say it, but it's very, very funny. Okay, here's Daniel and Chino. I love this. WTF. What the? Mm. I don't know what happened, but I'm running around like a chicken with my head cut off. <laughs> oh, gosh. He knows he's not going to rate that the offense because it sucked. It gets a D. And, of course, the defense gets an A. Special team gets an A, absolutely, because we beat down the world champions. And that's what he says, too, man. Thanks, Daniel. Thanks for coming in, too. I love seeing your stuff. Raider Paul just won, baby. Simply an incredible game. Brian has got the D running mad and knocking the snot out of all the opposition. To see Roethlisberger getting knocked around like a biatch, firing off interceptions every which way, was awesome. And that was due directly to the defense. He's seeing Jerry Porter on the field, and that was huge. I agree. It was a huge step. Derek Burgess came strong. Awesome. Now we are 2-5, and five, and not the worst 2-5 and five ever. Thank you so much, Paul. I agree with you totally. Well, here you go. Don't be fooled. The flapjacks are still coming out of his butt crack. <laughs> Raider Paul, man, you are awesome. Don't be fooled. The flapjacks are still coming out of his butt crack. That is a new one here for the Raider Nation podcast. That is funny shit, man. 
Raider Paul, that's all I'm going to say. You got to read this. People get on this thing, man. You will laugh your ass off if you get on the comments section. You will. Raider Dave comes in with terrible towel. It was a disgusting thing to see all those yellow towels, but I guess those towels had a purpose to wipe the sweat off my balls because it was a little bit hot today. <laughs> uh, see, that was another great quote I had to share with you with Raider Dave. He has a great take here um, about, you know, how people don't give us credit. I understand that too, brother. Just hang in there. It's funny, funny, funny. Tokai Japan, Robert Moore had sweet, sweet victory. At last, my neighbors got to listen to the roar of a Raider fan celebrating a victory. I freaked my daughter out as I jumped up and down and screamed in my kitchen as Carr ran back the interception for a touchdown. But talk about Raider-hater stereotypes. During every game, Greg Papa reads off commercials for the California Department of Correction and Rehabilitation. Uh, ads for XComs and unemployed Raider fans during the game. I know, I know, they do this. Randy said that they used to have um, another one that said, Raider fans, have you not paid your taxes in the last five years? You know what? That's a stereotypical thing. I don't know why, but companies seem to, to think that that's what where their money's coming from. Well, let them throw their money away. I could care less. Tim Clark, the silver and black down under. Yes, from the down under. He says... Frick the media. And I'll say this, you know, because uh, it's not an explicit one because I'm happy that we won this game. But I say the same thing. Screw the media. Because he turned on the TV hoping to maybe sports news would give the Raiders D a shout. But he found them talking about how bad Ben Roethlisberger played and whether the Steelers should bench him or go with whoever. Um, so, you know what? Just like me and everyone else, Tim Clark, don't feel bad. I think that, you know, we have to stick together. This is what it's all about. I was talking about this Raider defense before the season started. I said, if anything, the defense will come out big. I'm glad they have. It's not that I'm Nostradamus or nothing, but it was blatantly obvious the defense was set for the beginning of the season, and they've just started to gel and have done much better than I possibly could have hoped. Okay, let's see. Let's go on here. Jimbo, Art does something right. Yes, Art did something right. He did something wrong in getting rid of Doug Gabriel. I'm still flipped out about. But if Brooks is okay, Art says that he's going to have to prove that he can take the job away from Walter. So that means Walter will be our quarterback. Raider Frank, the guy who comes from all over in the Coliseum. One of my favorite people here, Raider Frank, is awesome. Him and his lovely wife, I believe it's Denise, I think so. If I'm wrong, you can come up and punch me in the nose next game. Who's at fault? After seeing 51 passing yards and 81 rushing yards, it makes me wonder who's at fault the receivers uh, try to figure out this nonsensical play calling. Going to be the players themselves not running the damn plays, as some of these guys on the media seem to think. You have to buy into the thing. You know, you have to believe in the system. That's what he's saying here. Raider Frank, I'm going off on a tangent right now. I am not, and I will never, just like Frank here, believe this horse shit about the players are not doing their best to do something. Anybody in any job and anywhere across America sees the job has to be done, and it can be done the best way this way, and you have a manager comes in and says, oh, no, I want you to do it this way, and then I want you to do it that way, and I want you to go over and change it this way, and you look at the way this is, you think this is a complete waste of time. It's not going to work. It's not going to be successful, and I'm going to be working my ass off trying to get it happen. I possibly could get hurt. 
What do you say to your boss? Hey, this isn't going to work. What does he say to you? Too bad. Believe in the system. And after a year of doing the system, of course, at your job, this manager gets fired because the production is bad. You're in the shithouse because you didn't get the thing done. And that's what happens. Any profession. I don't care. Fire Tom Walsh. Rob Ryan, great job, he says. I agree. Great job, defense. Raider Frank comes in big. Check his article out, too. I'm telling you, you got to read these things. New York Tom and Raider. Ryan for president. Need I say more? He talks about the mayor of Brokeback, Idaho, flipping flapjacks out of his butthole or over his ass crack, which I think is even better. Flipping flapjacks out of his ass crack. That is Funny, funny. I'm going to use that all year long. Assassin comes in big time. Talking about Randy Moss, worrying less about the Raider organization, more about catching the football. Thank you, Assassin. Excellent reminder. A dingo ate my baby. Has a really long thread here. It's very good. Quarterback F, agree. Running back F, uh, that would be to Jordan. But Fargus, he at least gets a C for his effort. I'm telling you, he did a great job. Receivers, F, yes. Drop too many balls. Offensive line, F minus. Yes. Coaching, F for Tom Walsh. A, of course, for Ryan. Defensive line, A. Linebackers, A. Defensive back, A, A, A. Special teams, B. Overall, a B. I'd have to say an A for the defense and an F for that doggone offense, which was terrible. Well, Raider Nation, I know that we have a victory, and we can be victorious this Monday. I'll be doing another podcast, a pregame for the Seattle Sea Squawks, or Sea Hawks, or Sea Gulls, like I like to say, and we'll get that then. Until then, remember, sign up for that website, JustFireTomWalsh.com. I might even start it myself, me and Randy. Randy's just about rolling his eyes. He's probably just rolling over right now. Going, how are we going to start another website? Maybe we should hear Raider Nation Podcast, the Just Fire Tom Walsh website. Anyways, this is Raider Greg. Until the pregame, our victory is sweet. And Raider Greg is out. Mm-hmm.